kiddos. Welcome to Dad Feelings, the podcast about fictional father figures. I'm Merritt, and uh, I have a question. Where do podcasts come from? Because my dad told me that miners had to had to dig them up out of uh, you know tunnels that had been carved by the by the ocean by ancient Atlanteans, and those recordings are um, are all we have of that lost civilization. Um, and I don't know if that's true. So maybe my guest this week, uh, writer and puppeteer Greg Erskine, can can help me get to the bottom of this as we discuss Calvin's dad from Calvin and Hobbes, who does not have a name, so we are just going to keep calling him Calvin's dad. Hello, Greg. Hello. How are you? I am well. That was a long breath I took there to deliver that um, that exposition. It was very impressive. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I studied elocution. Um, well, I didn't actually, although my father repeatedly threatened to send me to Dale Carnegie's school when I was a child. Wait, is this what prompted you to eventually read How to Make Friends and Influence People? It is the very same, yes. Oh, gosh. Okay. Um, I've never actually read it. How was it? It is a lot of calling people by their name, Greg, and yeah. it is a lot of asking people questions, Greg, like, how are you, and... <laughs> How 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 did you first come to Calvin and Hobbes? Uh, halfway through that sentence, I was like, "Why is she saying my name so much?" And then realized that was a Dale Carnegie thing. Um, I'm doing well, and um, I I came to Calvin and Hobbes when I was very young. Um, an older, cooler cousin of mine was like, "Oh, there's this new comic strip, Calvin and Hobbes. You should check it out." Um, and this is before it actually appeared in our local paper. Mm. Um, but then, as soon as it appeared, I was like, "Oh, this is that strip that Anne was talking about. This rules." <laughs> um, so that's how I, I first came across it. Yeah, I, I'm trying to think, and I I'm not sure if it was still in syndication by the time I, I came across it, but I definitely acquired like several of the, the collections and I don't think yeah. I, I have them anymore, but I at some point probably will reacquire them because every few years I sort of stumble back into it and it continues to just be one of my favorite all time newspaper comic strips. Um, yeah. It's just the, the pacing, the, the expressiveness of the, the line work, just everything about it is just, you can go back to it, um, over and over and it just, it holds up so much. And one thing that I, um, didn't really appreciate as much when I was a kid, but I think I do more now is the characters of the parents. Mm. Um, and Calvin's mom doesn't have a name either. Um, there are sort of names that are possibly their names uh, found in the strip, but canonically, I believe they're just Calvin's mom and Calvin's dad. And um, I did not know that Calvin's dad physically is based on Bill Watterson. Yeah, no, aside from the fact that Bill Watterson has a mustache, they look very similar. Like they yes. both have those like big, like early 80s glasses. They're like slightly aviatory style. Um, but Calvin's dad does not have the mustache, which Watterson does have. But um, Uncle Max, who appears in like five Calvin and Hobbes strips, does have the mustache <laughs> and basically looks like Watterson without glasses. Mm. And um, if I may say, you also have something of a resemblance to Calvin's dad. <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate <laughs> you saying that. <laughs> Um, and Calvin's dad is kind of, I mean, so the whole strip, I guess it's possible that there are people listening to the show who, um, have never read Calvin and Hobbes before. And sadly, 
I, I think this ranks among the the greatest tragedies. May only be familiar with the character of Calvin from mm. from car decals depicting him urinating on on various other characters or logos. Yeah, um, which is is terribly upsetting to me because this is again <laughs> a comic that is very dear to my heart. Um, but the comic gen- is basically. It's, I would say it's Dennis the Menace, but funny. Um, yeah. Because it is a book about, or a strip about a troublesome child, and uh, his parents are often his his foils. Would you say that's accurate? Yeah. I, I mean, they certainly start that way, I think. Um, I mean, they continue being his foils throughout the, the strip, but at the beginning, it's interesting. A, a thing that I always forget until I actually, like, start rereading Calvin and Hobbes, which I do every you know, couple of years or so, um, is that the early strips, everyone is so two-dimensional. Mm-hmm. Um, and the early strips are, like, really not very good. <laughs> um, like, they're still, like, better than, like, most of what was on the newspaper page at the same time. Like, they're better than, like, High and Lois or, you know, uh, Hagar the Horrible or something. Um, but, like, they're they're, like, just mildly better like it's not until about maybe like one or two years in that it really starts picking up and then like i'd say like the three-year mark is when it like becomes this like full-fledged thing of greatness right there is something of a of a reverse flanderization process whereby uh i think yeah certainly calvin's parents become more interesting characters um and less just like yelling at him uh, yeah they they're they're not yelling Dennis or just cross that out and put Calvin in that bubble. Um and um his dad develops these like all these interesting quirks and like you start yeah. to get a picture of who this guy is, which is really interesting to me because um he does start off as this very stereotypical dad of just like he goes to work, he he comes home, uh he he yells at Calvin. Um but you start to see some things about him, like his his past as like a party animal. <laughs> Indeed, yes. There's like these little hints, like it says something at some point about how he's like wearing a party naked t-shirt in college. <laughs> Which is a deeply ironic shirt. Yeah. Um, it, it's a shirt that betrays its own message in a way. Indeed, yeah. <laughs> it's hard to party naked when you've got the, the shirt on. It is. It is. Um, and yeah, so he's he's made out to have been this guy who was this, this party animal and may not have even wanted a child, in fact. Um, it's established canonically that yes. he wanted a dachshund yes. instead of a baby. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, and... Nonetheless, they have Calvin, and um, one of my favorite kinds of interactions, like one of my favorite recurring gags in the entire strip, is Calvin asking his dad about something, asking him some kind of question about uh, how the world works, and his his dad just like very very casually and offhandedly delivering some kind of like impromptu completely bullshit uh response that like seems internally coherent but is mm. just like completely bizarre yeah yeah no those those are great there's like yeah a whole bunch of those um what i really like about those though is the um 
there's one where Calvin asks, I think, where the wind comes from. Mm-hmm. And his dad said, oh, it's, it's trees sneezing. And Calvin's like, is that true? And he's like, no, but the, the truth is more complicated. And the last panel is Calvin saying to Hobbes, boy, the trees are really sneezing today. Yes. And I feel like it's <laughs> such a good... Uh, I feel like these strips are all kind of contribute to this uh, general commentary on our tendency to find an explanation that's kind of good enough. And that's what, whether it's like science or magical thinking, it's, you know, we're just kind of like trying to figure out like, what is an explanation that will allow us to you know make our way in the world? Um, and so there's really, there's no reason for a Calvin to like go much <laughs> further than that. Right, right. Like it, yeah, it it works, right? It's good enough. Um yeah. I like when um in in a few strips uh Calvin's dad refers to a book that you get when you become a father. Um mm. that has all of the the wisdom of the world that explains everything. Um Calvin is asking something about about uh, why his eyes shut when he sneezes and and his father gives this very detailed explanation of how your eyeballs would shoot out of your head yeah. um, and uh, he's like oh it's all in the book you get when you become a father and then in another strip Calvin asks if he can see the book um, and he says no you can't because it tells you what it's like to raise a kid um, and Calvin's like so so what and he's like well, you're not allowed to know that until it's too late not to have one <laughs> <laughs> yeah the eyeball one that's like one that like really stands out in my memory oh, because same. like yeah oh good I'm I glad thought to hear that, that I definitely believe, <laughs> I so on, some part of me still believes that that is yeah. the case no so like that one in particular because I knew as a child reading these strips that like this is like a repeating trope of like he's obviously not telling the truth like when Calvin's like uh, you know what is a cloud made of and his dad like makes up some weird response. Uh, like, I, I got, as a kid, like, oh, his dad is lying, and, like, that's the humor of it. But, like, for some reason, the one where the eyes shoot out, I was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. That's, that's probably <laughs> true. And, like, I viscerally remember feeling like, yeah, no, if you don't close your eyes, like, they're just going to shoot the hell out there. Uh, <laughs> so I'm happy to hear that that's uh, one that stuck with you all. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, no, very much so. Um, I, I also like... Yeah, there's there's this sort of like doling out of of wisdom, um, and sometimes it's more uh, well intended than others. I mean, there is like just the jokey kind of like, oh, you're asking me something that would be too difficult to explain, and you probably don't have the attention span for it anyway. <laughs> so it's magic. Um, but there's also just like the general kind of like dad stuff of like building character, which is something that um, that he claims. Uh, basically anything unpleasant does yeah and uh there's there's this one um like full page strip where uh where it's father's day Mm -hmm. and i don't know if you remember this one but basically calvin just like turns all of his father's advice back on him um and it like wakes him up at five in the morning and it's just like, I'm living according to your principles of fatherly wisdom. And it's like, early to bed, early to rise. And then it was like, I was going to buy you a present, but a penny saved is a penny earned. Um, and like, I'm a better, happier person thanks to you, Dad. And Calvin's mom is just like, good work, Socrates. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I do remember that one. Uh, yeah, there's like a whole bunch of them that are along those lines that are... 
I find him really interesting because, like, it's tempting to be, like, I think to read Calvin's dad as being a kind of dispenser of empty platitudes when he's, like, giving those things. But then, like, you see, like, the little hints of what he finds personally joyful and it's clear that like he actually is like living his best life Mm -hmm. like he loves suffering uh, (laughs) which is the thing that i find really interesting about him and then i think was like i don't know if it was like formative to the way that i turned out or whether it's just (laughs) something that like coincidentally i also like but like all of this like the strips about him like going out into the cold and like riding his bike in the snow and shoveling and stuff like I feel those very deeply in my heart um and I don't know how much the strip itself may have influenced me or how much that actually may have been like my own dad influencing me which is why I kind of like think of the dad and Calvin and Hobbes as like being similar to my dad right right and um yeah no he he does he is someone who who loves suffering he loves hell uh, he's, he's just, um, the biking to me stands out in particular of mm. just, uh, there's this, the strips of him, like, like trying to bike in like feet of snow and Calvin's like, dad, are you serious? Like, this is insane. And he's just like, are you kidding? I hit my peak or my, uh, optimal heart rate in no time in this stuff. Yeah. Um, and I wonder like, because um, obviously Calvin and Hobbes are both named after um, prominent uh, philosophers, theologians, yeah. um, and the sort of Calvinist work ethic um, is not not really exemplified in the character of Calvin, but kind of is in his father. Yeah. Yeah, to some degree. I mean, I always like read him, if we're going to like put a, a philosophy on Calvin's dad, I read him as like a, a kind of a Roman Stoic. Um, oh, interesting. In that, like, he doesn't seem to, I don't know, he doesn't suffer from an excess of emotions too much. Like, even <laughs> when he's mad, he's always, like, tamping it down. Like, I feel like that's, like, kind of his, like, largest uh, personality trait is, like, constantly frustrated, but, like, tamping it down really well. Um, and I find him interesting, like, the way he's portrayed... uh as being mad a lot it's like never in a like threatening or scary way Mm. um it's always just like i don't know there's a lot of heart to it like i feel like watterson is very sympathetic to calvin's dad um in a way that like i don't think that he is when he first started the strip like when you read all of the early strips like when i was going back and rereading them recently i was like looking at these early strips and being like oh yeah calvin's dad like you you know kind of reminded him uh, reminded me of my dad um and then when i was reading these early ones i was like why did i ever think this this dude's a dick um (laughs) but like it's like over time like as he becomes more and more sympathetic to the dad and like the dad kind of becomes a mouthpiece for what watterson believes a lot Mm -hmm. of the time um, I think there's a lot of sympathy for like a lot of his strange stoicism, I guess. Yeah. No, yeah, that just that that just makes sense. Um Yeah, no, it, it is very true that like even you know, he he does seem to get upset quite a lot, but it's never yeah. like it never is in this like frightening way. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's the first time I think that we see him get really upset is I like made a note of this in May of 1988, <laughs> five strip lead up 
to him finally telling his dad that he broke his binoculars, um, in which Calvin is getting like more and more worked up and like in this panic and this like total catastrophizing spiral of like, what is he going to do? How am I going to tell him? Um, and when he finally tells him, his dad like explodes and he's like, how could you break those binoculars? They were so expensive. Like, why would you do this? Um, and Calvin feels really terrible about it. And like in the last panel of this strip where his dad blows up, he's like, I already feel really bad about it. Maybe you can like not make me feel worse. Um, and like instantly in that panel, Watterson makes the dad suddenly like go from being mad to like looking really sad about the outburst that he just had. Mm. Um, but it's like Calvin kind of like immediately telling him, I already feel really bad about this and being very vulnerable. Um, and the dad also instantly like looking also just as vulnerable and being like, I shouldn't have yelled at him. Um, it's like a very, like, I think that's the first time that we, like, really see him get mad and it's immediately diffused as, like, everyone is, like, saying what their emotions are and, like, responding to each other as, like, fully um, capable, emotional, uh, sympathetic people, um, which I find really interesting. Like, I think that's, like, one of the first moments when, like, Watterson is starting to, like, really make the dad... Um, kind of a full human that he like respects as a person instead of just like a narrative construct to be a foil to Calvin. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. That it's this turning point um, in the strip where it does sort of grow past the, the, the kind of Dennis the menace esque origins of, um, yeah. of the comic. And, and it does turn into something that has room to be a little more emotionally open and isn't just constantly chasing uh chasing a a sort of formulaic punchline but at the same time isn't um isn't so sort of like sappy and syrupy that it's in yeah. family circus territory so so when there is something serious that happens um like when calvin like learns about death or like something like <laughs> that like it is like a impactful moment yeah yeah no that's like the yeah the really interesting thing is like there's never a sense that like these things that like we're upset about are not actually important. Like it's like, like with the binoculars uh, strips, like, no, they're important. Like we're actually mad about this, but also like we can be kind to each other. Um, I don't know. It's just, it's a very, it's a, a very kind hearted strip. I don't know if anyone's ever said that about Calvin <laughs> that they love it. And it's kind. Uh, That's a new observation. Um, <laughs> I'm glad that you brought up the one where he talks about his heart rate being up because I think about that like at least I thought about that at least probably like once a month for like my entire life because it's like such a good strip uh, where he's like you know, biking in the snow and he's like, oh, great, I'm in my target heart rate already. Mm -hmm. um, and then like just a little while ago, I got a heart rate monitor for when I'm doing cardio. And I was like, wow, this is like my full transformation into Calvin's dad now that I can like actually see when I get my target heart rate up in snow. <laughs> Do you see yourself? Uh, yeah, just like completing that metamorphosis as time goes on. Oh, yeah. is, is that one of your sort of as someone who is a, a recent dad? Is this one of your sort of dad pantheon? One of your guys? I think so. Yeah. I think mm. he's like one of the, the guiding lights. It's like him and my own dad and like maybe Picard. There's like, I'd say, yeah, those are probably my top Pantheon figures. Mm, Picard. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. We, uh, 
We haven't done an episode on Picard yet, but um, are you planning on it? Oh boy, I am. <laughs> I very much am. I haven't watched all of uh, all of Next Generation though, so um, really, but that it's an interesting contrast because Picard, I feel like, is well, actually, uh, it's they they have some some um, analogous characteristics because they're both in ways sort of reluctant. Uh, fathers or they or they both sort of maybe never wanted that initially but turn out to be quite good at it yeah um but um but yeah i am uh, actually i was just reading up on waterson and um i mean because you were just sort of like uh, gushing about about the strip and like i'm really uh impressed by his kind of approach to the whole thing i think i knew some of this but um i guess for people who aren't aware i think the strip ran for like about 10 years um yeah yeah, and um he just stopped it in 95 and basically said like um like i basically said everything i wanted to say um like i could have kept going for another five or 10 or 20 years and like the people who who are like grieving for the comic now would be like wishing me dead (laughs) like yeah (laughs) um and like and people should to sort of uh move on and like there's there's new talent and um and he sort of just was like yeah i'm good which is just like very um admirable to me yeah. i think yeah no i think so too and i actually like i think looking back on it i think of Cal- when i think of calvin and hobbs like i think of like those really really good middle years um and like i said like it's easy for me to forget that like this sh- strip started not very well um but also like if you look at some of the last strips like it's kind of you can feel it getting stale like you can feel him repeating a lot of the same jokes and like kind of getting like less punchy and less like creative um and it's like kind of like starting to feel like it's about to go into a rut um so like I don't know. It's it's interesting to see him say, like, oh, no, I have to stop. Um, like, it's tempting, I think, to say he went out at the top of his game. But I think, like, he actually passed the top of his game. <laughs> well, at least he uh, didn't didn't decline any further. He he sort of maybe it took him a while to realize that. But that's more than you can say for, for many people, I think, especially oh. in, in that line of work. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He, uh, yeah, he did great. Um, <laughs> and he seems to be very happy making paintings. That's our little hermit in Ohio somewhere. Uh, yes, I have heard that. And there, people keep trying to track him down. And he uh, he just, like, will not do interviews. He's just good. He's good out there. Yeah. Um, I was going to say there was a book that came out a couple of years back. Um, I think it was called, like, Looking for Calvin and Hobbes or Searching for Calvin and Hobbes. Um, and it was, like, this obsessive Calvin and Hobbes fan who was, like, I'm going to write the tell-all biography of Calvin and Hobbes and Bill Watterson, and it's going to be so good, and I'm going to try to get an interview with him, and, like, the whole book is going to be about me trying to get this interview, and then at the very end, like, the book is clearly structured. The author had this idea that, like, eventually he would be able to get an interview with Watterson, and that would be kind of, like, the crowning moment of the book. Um, but of course, Watterson was just like, no, I don't want to do an interview with you. <laughs> and so the book ends up being this like terribly disappointing, really self-indulgent, um, 
just like basically someone talking about how much they love Calvin and Hobbes for like 200 pages without really saying anything interesting oh. and then failing to get an interview. It was like one of the few books that like made me so angry that like I took a visceral pleasure in selling it after I read it. <laughs> That's so disappointing. Yeah. Uh, um, I actually, in looking up, um, some strips for this episode came across a few that I had never actually seen before, or or that at least that I couldn't remember. And I Tell feel like about. I feel like Calvin and Hobbes is one of those things for me, like Seinfeld, where I feel like I have seen everything, um, but then I occasionally will find things. I'm like, I have how have I never seen this one before? Mm. Um, but there is one where uh, Calvin and I apologize. This is maybe not the best radio, but. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh i just i just want to talk about like the drawing um in particular so maybe that will excuse this um basically calvin's dad can't find his glasses and calvin strolls up wearing them mm. with his yeah. hair like because calvin's hair is normally like all a spiky mess but he's slicked it down um mm. and he's just going like calvin do something you hate being miserable builds character and like calvin's mom is just like losing her mind um yeah. and the dad is just like well, like, I guess that was kind of funny, but wow, our kid is really sarcastic. <laughs> yeah. Um, but just like, just the, the drawing Calvin as his dad is, um, yeah. is just so good. Um, yeah. It's, well, that, I love that strip also because like, I feel like one of the great pleasures of it is that you see, like, his mom is so, so overjoyed uh, and delighted by his impression of his dad mm -hmm. that like, I feel like it says a lot also about the, um, the like loving, but also yeah. like aware of each other's works, uh, relationship between the mom and the dad in a way that's like <laughs> yeah. really funny. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. There's also, there's one where like they're, gosh, I also, I made a note of this where October of 89, apparently there's a strip where, um, the mom and the dad, it's like one of a series of Calvin Gets Left with Rosalind the Babysitter strips. Um, and there's like a single panel where, like in contrast to like all of the chaos that's happening in the house with Calvin and the babysitter, uh, it's the mom and the dad at a restaurant. And they're just like looking into each other's eyes and holding each other's hands and saying like, this is so nice. We should do this more often. Um, <laughs> and I feel like it's one of those other like moments where like you get a real sense of like, oh, these are two people who really love each other. And like, that's really sweet. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. They get to be people, um, yeah. which is something that parents in this kind of strip don't often get to be. Yeah. Do you feel when you read the strip, to what degree do you feel that Hobbes is a father figure to Calvin? Ooh, that is a good question. I'm not sure how I feel about that um, because on the one hand, he's kind of an accomplice. Mm. Um, and I mean, he, he is right. He, he is sort of like, I, f I feel like maybe Hobbes, I think of Hobbes more as a, an uncle figure, mm. if that makes sense. Um, how, do you, how do you, how do you feel about all this? I feel like he is um, frequently, father-like in that mm. he has like a good advice from a different realm than what calvin inhabits because he's a tiger and often will <laughs> say things <laughs> that's my incisive comment about hobbes he's a tiger uh 
he like often says things like from the point of view of like the world of tigers like he'll Mm -hmm. talk about how tigers you know need to stretch out in the sun a certain amount or like uh they have like tiger aphorisms i think it's brought up in one strip um and i feel like it's kind of like a mirroring of calvin's parents in that like it's this other realm that teaches calvin about what it means to be human um but like is sort of like on calvin's level but i feel like if you if you interpret hobbes hobbes's soul as being um something that calvin instills into his stuffed animal mm-hmm. i think that you see calvin's dad kind of coming out through hobbes oh interesting in that like a lot of their advice about both of them i think ends up being very anti-consumerist and pro-nature mm. and if you were to interpret hobbes as not being a separate individual but instead being like a part of calvin's mind i think you can sort of see you can make a case for the fact that like hobbes is like calvin's dad in a filter that will be slightly more fun and less fuddy-duddy than like the human dad (laughs) i think yeah in many ways actually hobbes is kind of a synthesis of calvin's parents like both of them yeah um because often hobbes is you know the part of the shtick is hobbes is the voice of reason a lot of the time um, yeah. and will echo or, or be like, Hey, uh, your mom probably will not love this. Um, and I mean, he, he is, in, he's in many ways like Calvin's, um, uh, super ego. Right. Yeah. Um, but, but he does, yeah, it does very much reflect and like, but not just reflect, but filter his, his parents, uh, advice and personalities and, uh, and wisdom that they're sort of trying to pass to him. And it's like Calvin's way of, uh, sometimes uh, internalizing the stuff and sometimes just being like, uh, nah, like that's sure, I guess, but no, let's do the thing yeah. anyway. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, it also allows him to like argue with that point of view. Right, when he's, like, right. Being very um, self-centered or like uh, kind of like hyper-modern because um, I feel like Hobbes has that same sort of like uh kind of like woe is modernity uh vibe <laughs> that the parents often have um and calvin often ends up being like the voice of like an actual human in you know the early 1990s yeah no exactly yeah have you um gosh is it hunk tears hunk tears on Twitter. yes um she... yes lb they're um yes friend of the network they have a podcast about fictional crushes or they did at some point yes i believe it is on a hiatus um possibly defunct um Ah. but yes yes they had had an episode with um colin space twinks where they talked about fictional crushes on the (gasps) x-men i remember Um, this yeah it's great it's a really good episode of a podcast um and i loved it um and one of the things that i found really interesting about it was they at some point talk about Cyclops and how people historically have been terrible at writing Cyclops in a really interesting way um, because he always just ends up being this like bland, boring leader that no one really wants to listen to and everyone kind of wants to be Wolverine, like the cool badass guy. Um, and that at some point, they both really fell in love with Cyclops because someone was writing him, and I want to say it was Grant Morrison, uh, but some writer was like, 
Okay, you know what? We're just going to say, like, Cyclops is Mr. No Fun. Like, he is always, like, (laughs) the mean, boring dad guy. And, like, as soon as a writer actually acknowledged that, like, this is the character that never wants to have fun with anyone, he paradoxically became, like, way more interesting and way more fun Mm. and way more, like, kind of crushable because he was, like... You can kind of, like, actually see a real human personality there in, like, someone who's, like, aware of their shortcomings and aware of, like, the fact that no one really wants to hang out with them. And I feel like a very similar thing happened with Watterson and Calvin's dad, where he's, like, Calvin's dad becomes way more interesting once Watterson starts, like, acknowledging, like, that the dad knows that he is kind of, like, Mr. No Fun. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. No, that is, I think that's absolutely correct. He's the the Cyclops of Calvin. That's so. What we're essentially saying is that Calvin's father is the Cyclops of of Calvin and Hobbes. And uh, I'm sure if you dug deep enough, you could find a picture of the three of them like trick or treating with Mm. Calvin's dad, a Cyclops, or maybe four of them. Calvin's dad, a Cyclops. Calvin's Mm. mom as uh, as Jean. um, Sure. Hobbes is Wolverine or Beast, maybe. And mm. Calvin, uh, I think Beast Wolverine is what I'm going to say. Well, so I would say Hobbes would be Wolverine because otherwise I think it would be weird if there was like a love triangle if Calvin was Wolverine. Oh, that is it's true. Whole, it's <laughs> thing, yeah. And I could see Calvin's mom and Hobbes kind of like maybe being like a little flirtatious. <laughs> yes, I think we can all see that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Though in that situation, I don't know what Calvin would be. I guess maybe he's like Kitty Pride. Uh, maybe. Yeah, he, Wolverine he's sidekick, the Wonderkind. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I did, am gonna go search for that. Excellent. Uh, did you ever read any of the ones with Uncle Max in them? This I don't know that I did. I may have to look those up. There, it was only like ten strips. It's real weird. Um, in that he kind of comes out of nowhere. And I feel like there's no Calvin doesn't have I, I think a thing that I find super interesting about the strip uh over the course of the years is uh Calvin's dad is frequently espouses kind of like conservative mid century points of view on things. Um like he like is definitely mad at consumerism and happy to like be out in nature and like hiking and pitching tents and stuff. Um, and so it has this sort of like, like a, a very like fifties boy scouty vibe is kind mm. of like, I think his idea of what it is, what is the good life? Um, but given that that's the case, that there is that kind of like mid-century conservatism, conservatism, um, there's no larger community. Like there's no other family members. There's no grandparents. Uh, they don't go to a church. They don't ever see, like, their neighbors. There's, like, no family friends that are constantly dropping by. So, like, there's only, like, this one time that you see a member of the extended family, which is Uncle Max, um, which I find, like, a very interesting and strange part of the strip. And I don't really know how to square, like, that that kind of, like, mid-century Americanism with the fact that there is no broader social network. Yeah, that is kind of odd. I hadn't really thought about that. Anyway, Max is only there for like 10 strips and he's like very <laughs> awkward and weird and he's never seen again. And I think at some point Watterson was like, I don't really know what I was doing with that series. <laughs> like, <laughs> he just like introduces him and then drops him immediately. 
everyone remembers our uncle steve he's uh yeah he's, he's uh, uh Kevin's dad's brother he's uh you know he's a cool guy he he tried to he bought us that vacation to paris yeah <laughs> uh, he's the poochie <laughs> yeah he dies on the way back to his home planet exactly exactly r.i.p well um i feel like that maybe that brings us to to the end of the show um this was super fun i'm glad we got to have you back on a show um oh i'm glad to be here and chatting with you (laughs) um yeah and i'm glad we caught you because i know um so one uh pitfall of Mm. doing a show uh with and about um and four even maybe dads is that Mm. um it is sort of a tough gig to be a parent. Um, and so I, I um, I'm grateful that you could spare the time and um, energy to, to come on our silly show and, and chat about stuff. Oh, well, I'm delighted to come on and chat. And I'm also delighted to now be a parent. So it's, uh, it's a lot of delight all the way around, even if it does mean, you know, staying up late with a little baby when she's uh, fussing. <laughs> oh, well, um, uh, do you want to tell people where they can um, find you on the internet? Sure. They can find me uh, at Twitter at Cat Beltane, Cat underscore Beltane. Um, and they can, uh, assuming there are going to be more uh, videos of Little Friendies, which is the puppet videos that I do, um, they can eventually see those at littlefriendies.com, L I L. Uh, F-R-I-E-N-D-Y-S dot com. Um, though there hasn't been one in quite some time, but there will be some soon. But there is a whole back catalog. And if anyone listening has not watched that series, I would highly recommend it. Um, oh. It's very funny. Uh, it's just the, the puppeteering and the puppet designs are so charming and endearing um one of it's one of my favorite web series um oh (laughs) and i i um yeah i think i i watched it um last fall i sort of i binged it once i uh, tracked it down and um that was right before um or around the time that we had you on woodland secrets so um Uh, yeah yeah, and if people want to hear more from you there is that past episode as well of woodland secrets our other show so um yeah, well, thank you again for coming on, and um, I will do yeah. the sign-off now, where right. where I say um, bye, kiddos, and then see you the show. Bye, kiddos! <laughs> Dad Feelings is hosted by Merrick Kay and produced and edited by me, Nick Bravo. Dad Feelings is a part of Stay Me, the world's only podcast network. We're entirely listener-supported. If you enjoy the show, please consider becoming a patron of Stay Me, at dadfeelings.com slash support. Our theme music is Swell Content by Speedy Ortiz off their album Foiled Gear. Thanks to Car Park Records and Sadie Dupuy for letting us use it. Please mention us on Twitter. We're at dadfeelings and at staymeanco. Or rate and review us in iTunes. We really appreciate it. Thanks for listening. Merit. Before we go, can yes. I ask you a question that may not necessarily make it onto the show, but like I'm just curious about? <laughs> Please. Um, are you planning on having a dad feelings at some point about, because um, I know that you did the whole Papable podcast. Um, do you think that you might do a dad feelings about the Lenny and uh, what's his face, James Cromwell? Uh, oh, God. I, how has that not occurred to me? Um, 
I may have to do that. Okay. I'm just curious because I like have been lately obsessing about the young Pope. Cause like I watched it kind of as it came out and then like, of course it only took like a few months for me to be like, maybe I should rewatch the entire series. <laughs> yeah, no, I am. Um, yeah. Now I'm thinking about it. Um, I don't know why I didn't. I think because I, I figured, oh, we've exhausted everything there's to say about that character. But mm. many people did not listen to that podcast. Um, so I guess if you would like a uh, a teaser of what that episode might look like, or you can assemble your own episode by listening to the full round of Papal Bull and then cutting together all the bits where we talk about James Cromwell's character. Excellent. Uh, yeah, cool. Well, uh, we'll see. We'll see. There's sinister machinations between that and uh, and the Picard episode. There's some stuff. Yeah. Some stuff happening. So. There's many dads out there. Cool. There's dads are a renewable resource 